Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. How often do you find yourself asking God for guidance in making a hard decision? Back in chapter 1, James promised us that if we pray for wisdom, God will give it to us. So why do we so often pray for guidance, do our best in making a hard decision, and end up making a dumb choice that we regret? We know from experience that God's guidance doesn't come in the form of God just telling us, choose option A. So what form does it come in? The answer will change the way you think about discovering God's will. So we've been studying through the book of James. We left off last time in chapter 4, verse 6. We spent the whole time last time just on this verse. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. That's that gravity of grace principle where just as the rain falls down and always flows down to the lowest valleys, so it is with God's grace. It always flows down to the lowest hearts. God gives grace only to the humble. There's a reason why the humble people have so many graces in their lives and the people with so many graces in their lives tend to be the most humble people. Uh, you, you see people, you think, man, why can't I be, why can't I have faith as strong as him? Or why can't I have self-control like she has? Or why can't I be a peacemaker like that person? Or why can't I delight in God like that guy does? And, and you find yourself saying, when every time you find yourself saying that, isn't it true that the person you're pointing to is, is, is a humble person? I mean, nine times out of ten? You say, why can't I have faith like him? The reason I can't have faith like him is because of my pride. It's because in an argument, I always have to win. In a conflict, I have to get my way. And so I forfeit the grace that could have been mine that would have brought the flow of grace down into my life and given me strong faith or given me self-control or perseverance or whatever virtue I'm lacking but I refuse to let go of my pride, and so I can't get that grace that I need. The only way to get more grace from God is to be more humble. But that left us last week with the question, okay, so how do I become more humble? Uh, The one-word answer to that question is this, repentance. That's how you humble yourself, repentance. That's also the one-word answer to the question of how to deal with sin in your life. This is how we deal with sin. Repent. Repent. Uh, that's the one-word answer. But James isn't going to leave us with just one-word answer. I, I, I love this passage because it's so specific. He doesn't just tell us, uh, repent, and then, and then move on. He's going, to, he's going to spell it out. He's going to give us the need for repentance with two strong rebukes. Then he's going to show us with uh, how to do it, exactly how to do it, no less than ten different commands. Just in this short little passage, there's ten commands on how repentance is. And then on top of that, he's going to motivate us with four amazing promises. So two rebukes, four promises, ten commands, a lot in here. This passage is the climax of this whole section. Start all the way back in chapter 3, verse 1. And it's been moving all the way. This is the climactic point. In fact, some scholars would argue this is the climax of the whole book. Throughout the book of James, he's pointing out all these sins, all these errors, do this, don't do that, all this stuff, and, and we're, we've just been beaten black and blue in James, haven't we, sometimes? And, and, and now, we know all this problem, we've looked in the mirror, we've seen all this crud and everything, and now, finally, he's gonna call us to repentance for all of that. 
This passage is absolutely priceless because it shows us how to deal with sin in your life in a way that will leave you clean in the sight of God. How to deal with sin in your life in a way that will, that will leave you clean in your own conscience so that you, you don't, you're not pressed with guilt. And it'll show you how to deal with sin in such a way that will make you much stronger so that you can resist sin in the future. And that's going to give you greater intimacy with God. This is the passage that'll show us how to do all of that. So, let's look at the motivation first. These four amazing promises. Whenever you read the Bible, always do this. Look out for God's promises. Watch for them. His great and precious promises, because that's the key to living the Christian life. The key to success in the Christian life is faith, right? It's always faith, and faith is believing what God has said, believing His promises. So we always want to know the promises. We always want to have them in the forefront of our thinking and and be alert to them. And so whenever you read your Bible, keep your eyes open. Can you see them in here in verses 6 to 10? Can you see the four promises? They're easy to miss because um, they they, they appear right in the middle of a flurry of commands. uh, And we can get so focused on the commands we miss the promises. But, But if you look for them, you can spot them. Look at verses 6 to 10 there. Promise number one is in verse six. God will give you the grace, right? He'll give you greater grace. Grace greater than the whole problem of, of, of pride and worldliness in your heart. Promise number two is that the devil will flee from you. Promise number three is that God will draw near to you. And promise number four is God will lift you up. How would you like to walk out of here today with all four of those promises in your back pocket? I mean, that's amazing. Overwhelming grace flowing down into your life. God lifting you up. You getting to see the back of the devil as he runs away from you and the face of God as he approaches you. Some marvelous promises. And one thing you'll notice about each of these promises, all four of them are conditional. There's a condition. That means there's something that you have to do in order to get what's promised. Uh, you hear people talk a lot about unconditional promises. Some people think that everything's unconditional, unconditional love, all that. Um, actually, most of God's promises are conditional, which is really a wonderful thing. It actually is. I love conditional promises in Scripture because the conditions give us direction. They steer our lives. God attaches conditions to his promises to steer and guide our lives in a direction that will lead us in the path of joy and his glory. And so if you're the type that gets discouraged whenever you find out, oh, there's a condition, uh, there's fine. I knew it was too good to be true. Uh, and, and, and you're down about it because you think, I'm not going to be able to meet the condition. If you think that, think again. Because if you're afraid that the, the condition is going to be so high, it's so lofty that it'll be out of your reach, here's what you need to realize. It's not high, it's not, it's not, it's not lofty, it's low. The condition is low. The conditions are basically boiled down to this. Humility and repentance. Humble repentance. That's low. The reason people don't do it isn't because it's so high that it's that they're not able. It's because it's so low that they're not willing. But anyone who's willing can do it. Anyone who's willing, willing can meet the requirement. God doesn't require you to jump over the moon. He just requires you to bow the knee in humble repentance. And absolutely any human being on the planet who's willing can do that. So, so let's learn from James how to repent of our pride humble ourselves, and then receive these four amazing promises. Um, Satan running away, God drawing near, God lifting you up, and your life being filled with grace. Okay? It begins and ends, as we saw last week, with humility. 
So that's the starting point. This whole passage is like a sandwich, and the pieces of bread at the top and the bottom are are humility. God gives grace to the humble in verse 6, and humble yourselves, therefore, in verse 10. So you can see it's a humility sandwich. And um, all of the commands in between are the meat of that sandwich, which shows us what humility before God actually looks like. So he's going to spell it out. Um, repentance is all about humbling yourself before God. Very first thing you need to know about dealing with sin. How do I deal with sin in my life? First thing you need to know is there is no prideful repentance. Okay? People who want to maintain their dignity, save face, stand up, guard their reputation, uh, guard their way that they look in others' eyes, those people are not repentant yet. That's not repentance. You can't hang on to pride and also be repentant because pride is the sin that you're repenting of, right? That's the thing you're turning away from. We saw that last week. Pride's the whole problem. And so if there's going to be any repentance, a humble, submissive posture before God has to characterize every single element of that repentance. How many times have you asked God for direction in your life? You face hard decisions and say, God, give me wisdom. Guide me. Show me which way you want me to go. And very often, we miss God's guidance because we're looking for him to show us which option will have the best outcome. We want him to tell us, which should I choose, option A or option B? And we miss his guidance because God's guidance isn't mainly about whether we choose A or B, but rather how we go about making that choice. God's guidance doesn't come in the form of choose B or choose A. It comes in the form of when you make your choice, do it with a heart driven by the right goals, attitudes, desires, and values. God's will is far more about how we decide than what we decide. If you make a decision with goals that are in sync with God's goals and with attitudes that honor God, and desires that mirror God's desires so God is thoroughly pleased with the way you made the decision, does it really matter that much whether you choose A or B? If God is pleased with you, you're good, right? So if you really want God's guidance in your life, the way to find it is through the conditions God attaches to his promises. The more you strive to meet those conditions, the more centered you'll be in his will, in the way you make decisions. And the starting point of all the conditions is humility. Think about the day ahead of you. You'll make a thousand little decisions in the next 24 hours. Ask yourself, how could I make those decisions with greater humility and submissiveness to God? Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.